Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. This show accepts where you're at and helps you get where you want to go. Are you ready to make a difference? This show helps you step into your what's next with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. This season is called Dialogue to Make a Difference. And my guests are leaders engaging in transformative discourse, discussions that shun the status quo and embrace possibility. I'm your host, Scott Perry. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Cindy Henson, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more. Thank you, Scott. It's great to be with you today and to your listeners. You know, I'm fortunate to work with leaders and organizations that make a positive difference in the world. And for me, that's nonprofits, government agencies, and triple bottom line corporations, people, planet, profit. And what I'm up to these days is helping people really get their own greatness, really understanding that all the noise is just noise, that actually coming to who they really are and then aligning that with what they do for a living is where all the juice is. So I've recently released a book, Jungle, A Journey to Peace, Purpose, and Freedom, which is my story of having a successful external life and actually being void internally because I really did not know who I was and happily have returned to knowing who I am and now sharing that with others. So that's what I'm up to. I'm at HensonConsultingGroup.com. HensonConsultingGroup.com. Well, fantastic. Um, so you're a busy, a, a, a busy person, obviously, and um, it sounds like lots of things going on. I would love to talk uh, about Jungle, but I wanted to just stick a pin first in what you said about triple bottom line companies. I, I thought that was, I don't know if that's a, a thing or if that's your thing, but people plan it and profit. What a great, uh, what a great kind of tagline and, and starting point as uh, it's not, not dissimilar to the message that I'm trying to send through my work as well. Can you just talk a little bit more about, about that, that part? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's actually not my thing. I've just adopted it. Okay. Um, you know, conscious corporations, um, B Corps, you hear a lot about it. Um, when people talk about how important people are and then preserving the planet and being, you know, environmentally sound with their practices and processes. And that between those two things, actually what starts to result is profit. See, it, it's like we've got it backwards. We're chasing profit and not really taking care of the people and taking care of the planet. And uh, we need to reverse that. And I believe when people are actually engaged with who they really are in their life, including the leaders, by the way, because they have so much influence on, on companies and, and organizations and policies and how they treat people. I mean, that's where, to me, that's where all of the, well, first of all, it's where the joy comes from. But secondly, it's a more of a holistic view than just chasing the dollar. I just think we're, we're ill-trained in chasing the dollar, and um, and I think it's causing a whole lot of issues in the world, and and actually in our own hearts. Mm, yeah, it's interesting how 
especially in the United States, we are kind of programmed to associate success with uh, profits and wealth uh, and fame, uh, whatever that means. And what's interesting to me is that the most famous and wealthiest people I've met are very rarely the happiest people that I've met. And this idea um, of human flourishing and what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be happy? How to be more of both is so disconnected from those things, fame and fortune, and Mm -hmm. much more tied to the quality of person that you are and Mm -hmm. the intention and the integrity of the work that you're doing. And I I really hear that kind of baked into what you're saying. So Mm -hmm. tell us how how Jungle fits into into this mission of yours. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So as a corporate executive and successful and earning a lot of money and being exactly the person you just described, um, you know, I, I had a health challenge. And um, once, I, once I slowed down because I really couldn't get back to work um, as much as I tried, um, you know, what I realized was that spiritually I was soul sick. You know, I wasn't connected to who I am who I was at that time. And so how Jungle came about as a book, it's it's my story. And my story was coming out of a health challenge and going, golly, I can't go back to doing what I was doing. That was actually what was making me sick. Now what do I do? And so in my meditations, which I started doing regularly during that time, I started asking for what's next. And I got these indications to go to Costa Rica to attend the United Nations University for Peace, which to an MBA is kind of like, are you crazy? Uh, but you know, you, you can't really ask for guidance and then just blow it off when it comes. So, uh, I mean, you can, but why would you do that? Right. So, so I was real fortunate to go to Costa Rica, live there for a year and get a master's in international peace and conflict studies. But really what I got while I was there, Scott, which is more amazing than any degree, and the degree was just the excuse, seriously, uh, was that we're all connected. And we're all connected on the planet. And I was with people from all over the world that had every reason to be better, and they were happy. And they were engaged because they chose to be. And, I mean, I'm talking atrocities. I'm talking my Rwandan friend with you know, talking about genocide. I mean, I'm talking terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet they're not bitter. And that just flipped me upside down because it's like, well, wait a second. And I really learned from them that we're not our circumstances, that who we are and what we contribute, as you said, is really what matters. So then writing this book is about saying, you know, just to finish the story and then I come back to the States and do business differently. And so so I'm on a quest for people to know you don't have to do business the old way. You can do it the new way. And so, and you know, it's scary for people sometimes to even question that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet you can actually question it while you're sitting on your couch. Like you don't have to do anything. You just need to be in the conversation. So you can start there and actually amazing things start to happen. It's, I think when we're afraid of it, we're afraid to even, even, notice that I think we're being run by something that is not us. 
Really, really interesting. I love, um, you've said several things that, that are really resonating with me. Um, the interconnectedness with things, I'll just go ahead and, and, and stick a pin in that uh, because that's uh, a really vital component of uh, Stoic philosophy, which is something that I'm a student of and um, that informs and, and inspires a lot of the work that I do. This idea that we actually um, are a small part of a much bigger whole and not just uh, in terms of our immediate circle of influence, but globally amongst people and then obviously globally um, amongst all living things and non-living things. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Stokes would argue even cosmologically, even universally, that that's really mm -hmm. important. So uh, I love that point. I also, isn't it interesting how it almost, how often to me, it's interesting how often it is that these kind of stories that I, that I get to hear and talk to people about begin with some sort of what could very well be considered an, a misfortune or a hardship or trauma of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, my own moment was at a very young age when I actually um, had a cardiac incident as a 25 year old, because I was working 14 hours a day, seven days a week in the restaurant business. And, wow. uh, you know, the doctor said, uh, th I think at that time I was actually 26 or 27. He said, do you want to live to be 30? And I said, of course. And he said, you need to get out of the restaurant business. <laughs> and, and I did. Um, but wow. you know, so often it takes something mm -hmm. like that. And mm -hmm. I hear that in your story, but I also am hearing the idea that we can be grateful for those moments because mm -hmm. of where they lead us, mm -hmm. um, but also the idea that our beliefs, you, you were speaking to this, you know, we, we get stuck in our, in whatever our, our current status quo is. So if your status quo is to grind, grind, grind and, and gain, 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 um, but you're desperately unhappy and you're desperately unhealthy. Um, that will not change if people just present you with rational, reasonable mm -hmm. arguments. Mm -hmm. It has to be through some sort of action. And I love mm -hmm. your story about going to Costa Rica. I just think that that's, um, mm -hmm. you know, that seems to be the brilliant piece in all this is that you did something after. Mm -hmm. um, so now I want to move into the book a little bit more just because I'm curious about this because of my own experience writing the book about your experience. Um, I'm just wondering how that process kind of clarified the concepts that you're presenting and the ideas that you're sharing and the message that, um, mm -hmm. that the book is, is sending. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. I didn't set out to write a book. I set out in a writing class because I was a little bit bored and I wanted to learn something new. So I was going to learn writing. And as it started to emerge, it turns out that, you know, in a year's period of time, it's starting to form into really a story. And it's the story of my own life, which was frightening and uh, exhilarating all at the same time. And, um, and so it took me a year to get it down, you know, a year working on weekends because I was still working full time. 
And so to, to get it down on paper, um, I went through several different um, ups and downs. Uh, one was, I'm never going to publish this book. Now that I see that it's kind of a book, it's like, oh, no. Oh, oh hell no, actually. <laughs> um, that it was just a catharsis and isn't that great. And I feel good in my own life and where I'm at. And let's just carry on with that. And what a great adventure that year was. And, uh, and so at some point when I put it away after trying to edit for six months and being horrible at it, um, and, you know, my project management skills were like, do the math. It's going to take you to your 75 to get good enough to actually publish a book. So, <laughs> so I put it away for a while, not knowing uh, where to go with it and eventually pulled it back out and hired an editor. And, um, and then we were kind of off to the races. During that entire time, and particularly as it became really real, like this is really going to get published, um, I was quite fearful about how to, uh, how to engage with my family authentically and not harm our lives and our relationships and to tell my own truths. And that I believed that from that truth, it could actually help others in the world that also don't share publicly like who they really are and where they come from and what their life's been like, because we just kind of really don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it, it took a while to get to that place to, to where I believed it's like, okay, the pull, uh, the pull to get this book published and into the hands of people that were like me and potentially could avert a health crisis or a near-death experience became stronger than my own personal fears. And, uh, and it was at that point that I was like, okay, uh, you know, I have a coaching practice, uh, executive coaching practice, and so many of them are like me. And so I thought, oh, my heaven, you know, there's more people out there like me than I thought. <laughs> And so if I could, if I could publish this book that perhaps more people would, uh, would um, be willing to, to question before they had the unfortunate situations in life. I mean, I do think that's what teaches us the most, to tell you the truth. Uh, and yet, I think, golly, you know, wouldn't it be great to, to know things and avert the crisis? I mean, <laughs> maybe that's the, the human quest. It's like the parent's journey, right? It's like, oh, let me tell you, you know, don't go off that cliff, young person. Um, and then they just want to go off the cliff anyway. So maybe we're destined to live this way. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I love, there's a quote, I think it's from Audubon Bismarck. Um, some people, people learn, uh, some people learn by the, through, the uh, through, through their mistakes. I prefer to learn through the mistakes of others. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, love that. I love that impulse. So lots, um, lots there that I've kind of stuck a pin in. Um, the first is the, you know, like you, I wrote a book without really setting out to write a book and I wrote it in, in many ways. It was just a collection of my blog posts, which is how I was clarifying 
the ideas that I was was hoping to share, you know, as a speaker or in workshops and, and whatnot. And they eventually became a book. So it's it's just interesting how often the the way things turn out is not at all the way that we intend. Um, mm-hmm. But how important it is also to you know goals are important we should set points on the horizon that we're moving towards but if we go in that if we grind our way to that destination with blinders on we will miss all these beautiful opportunities and possibilities (laughs) that present themselves along the way that will actually lead us to even better places and even deeper connections with people so um, number one, thank yes. you for taking a writing course and being curious <laughs> and thank you for being courageous enough to publish. Uh, I, I totally understand how <laughs> resistance can be strong when, uh, when we're getting ready to, to, to do that. But the other thing that leaps to mind is when, and I was hearing this in what you're speaking to about your decision to go ahead and publish, even though the voice in your head was saying, hell no, that it's the idea of generosity. It is resistance uh, in the Stephen Pressfield use of the the term or just, you know, whatever you want to call it, fear, Mm -hmm. uh, anxiety, um, can't really stand up into uh, things like generosity and gratitude. It's, it's pretty hard to be afraid and um, grateful and generous at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm just wondering if, if that was your experience, that, that it was kind of acknowledging that other people could and would benefit from this and if that helped drive your decision to go ahead. It was the only reason. (laughs) It was the only reason because for me, I needed something that was going to be bigger than me that was going to be contributory. And I mean, the work that I do today, you know, I mean, you you ought to ask my clients. Um, I mean, I should ask my clients for regularly, but I'm hoping that it contributes to their life, right? Mm -hmm. And if it contributes to their life, then I'm not sure there's a higher calling that a person can have in, in leaving a legacy and uh, is to contribute to other people's journey. And uh, <clears throat> so for me, it was kind of like, once I got that piece, I was like, okay, yep, I'm fearful. Yep, I'm sure it'll be fine. My family loves me. I'll be fine. How do we get there? Um, and it was, you know, it was a little bit treacherous getting there. For me, my family was fine, by the way, and they're great. Uh, isn't it funny how it's kind of in your own head a lot of times? Uh, and so, so kind of updating the the software in my own brain by talking with other people actually had me have the the courage to move forward. But ultimately, for me, it's really man. I just want people to have great lives, and and when we listen to other people's measures of success for our life. And if it's not ours, man, we hit a spot where we just say enough Mm. or, or we lose relationships or we get sick or like just things happen that are misaligned and, uh, and we're not in the flow of our life anymore. Mm. And uh, I just, I want people to not have to have that experience if they don't have to. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I in in my work as a coach, I, I frequently just openly ask people at the end, "Hey, what was helpful here?" Because <laughs> I want to know if I want to make sure that I was. And um, and uh, the other the other thing that was um, just kind of leaping to mind about what you were saying is, you know, we all have to come up with a strategy for how, how do we step through the anxiety and the fear and the resistance? Um, one of the ways that has really been helpful for me is to, well, two things. One is if, if you try, when, when you're trying something that may not work, the fact of the matter is it, it might not work. So um, you, you may quote unquote fail. Um, to, to date, um, I have, try i have i've started and uh, a lot of things and most of them have failed and none of them have been fatal so i i tend to believe that failure is not a fatal thing unless um unless it's skydiving without a parachute or something like that <laughs> um, and the other is to to contemplate the 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 flip side um you know what what does life feel like 10 20 30 years on my deathbed you know when mm-hmm. i reflect back and and think about the, the 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 things untried, you know, the chances untaken, um, you know, and then oftentimes it seems that that thinking about the feeling of regret is so much so more powerful than the fear of failure that I'm in the experiencing mm-hmm. in the present moment. It helps mm-hmm. me kind of just push through that that veil mm-hmm. and step mm-hmm. into the unknown, mm-hmm. you know, with. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, uh, it, it requires courage, but um, even more curiosity. Again, it's impossible to be anxious and curious at the same time. Yes, yes. Off camera, uh, before we got started, you and I were having a conversation about um, what happens after you publish a book. And I'd love to end our conversation there. I, I do want to share with listeners that I was sharing with Cindy right before we got on that Seth Godin's Akimbo podcast just released a, an episode about publishing a book and why you should. And so I, I, am, I want to encourage everybody, if, if you're listening to Cindy and um, talk about this and you think, oh, I wonder if I have a book in me, uh, there's a lot of good reasons for why you should write that and publish it. And there's some good tips for how to make help yourself do that and how to do that. And Seth's um, most recent uh, podcast, Akimbo. Um, in this day and age, anybody can write a book. Anybody can publish a book. And therefore, anybody is writing and publishing books. It's very noisy. And so um, you and I were talking about the difficulties of, you know, what happens after you publish the book. Um, what, what are your... Any any thoughts, advice, or tips for how how to how to get the word out? Mm-hmm. I personally think it's uh, and and this is this is me, and it's not in the uh, the well known marketing world these days. Uh, I think word of mouth and who who we are being speaks volumes compared to uh, trying to sell and market online. And I know the really excellent people that are very good at doing that online are able to come forward with their own persona online. So it feels authentic. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
up until now, all the online stuff feels very inauthentic to me and, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, for a while kept pushing as I'm prone to do to think, well, gosh, it's just new. So I'm just going to keep going. And I've recently decided I just don't want to do all that. It's not me. It's not what I believe. I don't care for it. And, uh, so at this point, uh, I'm continuing to do word of mouth. I mean, I write, I like putting out blogs, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll do incidental things. I'm not looking for a New York Times bestseller. So that's not my path. Um, and I think that there is uh, all kinds of paths in between. And I'm still trying to sort out what mine is. Uh, but because I, I'm, I'm a people person. I like being with people. And I like engaging with people. And, you know, I carry, I carry um, copies of Jungle in my briefcase and I give them away on the airplanes because we have conversations and they're meaningful. And, and it's just like, gosh, I have something that, you know, might help. And I give it to them because that's part of what I can give. And um, I know it's not ticking up my Amazon numbers, but I just don't know what to say about that because it just, the other, the Amazon numbers, I mean, I'd love them to go up. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel authentic in that world uh, up until now. And maybe it'll be different in the future as kind of things settle in. But right now it's just like, it's me and my team helping me be more and more authentic. Beautiful. So our mutual friend, Susan Preston is in the mm-hmm. chat. Um, and she and I met in something called the marketing seminar, which is a Seth Godin program that I now um, actually coach in. And um, we talk about this, this point that you're bringing up, you know, throughout that um, mm-hmm. seminar, because, you know, marketing we associate marketing with with sales and ads, mm-hmm. and and it is actually neither. Marketing is telling true stories to people that need to hear them, and it seems as though that the first step is to commit to telling a true story, uh, and then uh, showing up frequently amongst people that need to hear that story, um, and and sharing it with them, you know, generously. Uh, it, you know, until until it sticks, and and giving them a way to to help spread that story. So it sounds to me like you're doing all the right things with um, <laughs> your your marketing process. And we are coming up at the end of our time together. So want to um, before we end uh, with the last question, Cindy, I want to um, just thank um, you and Susan for getting the word out about today's. <laughs> broadcast we have a bunch of people here much I, I i think that your attendance record has broken that of my mentor and friend seth godin um so wow. that's a testimony to to you and susan's hard work for getting the word out on this and i appreciate that um and encourage folks to share this discussion with with uh, their friends and neighbors uh because i think susan excuse me cindy's susan's work is important too but cindy's work um is really making a difference in the world and it is helping enhance the lives of others uh but and elevating the landscape for all so please share this discussion with people that need to hear that message so the last question for you, Cindy, is one that I've been asking all my guests this season. And it is, 
if you could plant just one idea or concept into the mind of everyone who dreams of making a difference through compelling conversations or storytelling or work, what would that one idea or concept mm -hmm. be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I listened to your podcast, so I knew this was coming. <laughs> it's a great question. I believe if every person knew who they are, what they're capable of, and what they've come to do in this lifetime, and did that unabashedly with courage and charisma and joy and fun, that they would be playing their puzzle piece into the, into the jigsaw puzzle of life, and we would all be better off. The individual would be better off. All the people around them would be better off. And we would see each other in a new way, who we really are. And, and we would connect. We would connect. And, and we wouldn't be compelled to do anything that wasn't congruent with ourselves or each other or the planet, for that matter. We wouldn't because it wouldn't occur. Right. So that, that's what I would that's what I would offer. I want everybody to know that. Really interesting. I think, isn't that carved in stone above the Oracle of Delphi or something like that? Know thyself. It's a, it's a, a it. piece. Yeah, I really, really mm -hmm. love that. What a great thing to end on. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, Cindy and I both appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. We hope today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Cindy Henson and her book, The Jungle, and her consulting practice at HensonConsulting.com. Is that right, Cindy? HensonConsultingGroup.com. Thank you. HensonConsultingGroup.com. And of course, it's always also great to hear and see you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. So now, go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Cindy Henson, thanks so much for your time and being here. Thank you, Scott. It was great being with you. I appreciate it.